Hi, and welcome to our 19th podcast of NBC's The Blacklist, Keen Minds. We focused on the Keens. And boy, am I happy about Natalie Luca. I know it must be about probably a very small minority in the fandom, but I am. How about you? Uh, well, and by the way, I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Sayako. Oh, yes. Hi, I'm, I'm Tessa. <laughs> Lou. Um, I, I think I got my expectations, like, skyrocketing high for this episode because we had a Tom-centered episode in which he goes to work with Red, which makes my <laughs> fan ha- heart very, very happy. Um, <laughs> take the son-in-law out to, <laughs> to learn the ropes. Continue doing the ropes. I don't know. Um, I... To be totally fair, I think I would have loved this episode a lot more. One, if I weren't a shipper, like it's, I, I think that end ep- that end scene with Keen Squared ended up shadowing the entire episode for me, and I I come at it from a very different point of view than most of my fellow Keen Squared friends over on Tumblr. I don't know about the other uh, social media groups, but um, for from what I was seeing on Tumblr, I have a very different point of view than many people uh over there uh it's i've been hearing retcon and um and uh out of character being thrown around and i disagree with that um, i did but personally i disagree with that i i think it has to do with some other stuff that we'll get into um do, do mm. we want to start at the top of our notes and work down how do we want to do this today um yeah, why don't we do that? Let's do the Keens last. Yeah, the, let's do the Keens last because there is a yeah. lot on the Keens. Um, and I think for surely we should start uh, with the Blacklisters. I think it's okay. only only fair. Um, okay, I have to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel about these Blacklisters? Like, and, and this is how I posed this question to a friend of mine today. I said, you know, was your heart breaking for these lovers or was it kind of meh? <laughs> you know? Like, how did you feel about the way they they positioned this love story of uh, of these two? I was fascinated by it. I, I you know, I tend I, I'm not in general a very romantic person. I think the romantic thing just gives me the heebie jeebies because it's you know, it's so outside what normal and real life is that generally it tends to just put me off. Um but this kind of love stories I find fascinating because the characters are doing a lot of evil in order to stay together. And that to me sounds kind of true. Uh, kind of that is that is a kind of all-consuming love that don't care how many people I hurt as long as I get what I want. Um, it, it was an interesting um, concept. I found them. I mean, it was really heartbreaking that love and that last scene was just beautiful. And I think we've seen it. It, it served to illuminate a very important thing, and we'll go into Samar when we do that. Um, but in general. I found them to be the most intriguing blacklisters, those that have a big dose of humanity and at the same time a general evilness. It's, you know, that's what makes them compelling instead of a cartoon. Oh, how about you? Completely opposite. <laughs> I say, it's a rarity. We've got completely opposite <laughs> views on something. 
I thought they were kind of cheesy, honestly. Like, the the death scene. And I looked at the roomie about halfway through. I said, both of these people are going to die. I said, somehow he's going to touch her and he's going to be choking on his own blood and she's going to get shot or something. I was wrong. He got shot and then she kissed him and he died. Um, But, I mean, I it was pretty obvious that at least one of them was not going to make it. I, I went for two because I was mm-hmm. on the drama roll last night, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I did not find... And maybe there's something wrong with me, but I didn't find the death scene heartbreaking at all. I found it a little overdone, personally. Um, I don't know that that my reaction just, especially on the rewatch, like I actually kind of zoom past it on my rewatch. <laughs> it's and, and I am a romantic. That's the thing <laughs> is I'm usually a pretty romantic. Like, oh, he brought her flowers. He brought her chocolates. That's so sweet. He thought about her. It's one of the reasons I like Tom is because he's always so thoughtful about everything. (laughs) And so, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, I should love these two. I really, for everything you just said, I should love these two. And yet I'm going, nope. (laughs) There's, there's a meme online that says, uh, cool motive, dude, still murder or something like that. And that's all Mm -hmm. I kept thinking about with those two. It's like, like, if it had been saving someone's life, that might have been different. But it was so he could get sick, too, and they could be sick together and touch. Like, Yeah, but the, the, you get at the other thing. is like, why did this happen? Uh, this, this started because the corporation was trying to use her to create a, a, a biological weapon. And, and if they, that hasn't been the case, then they wouldn't have needed all that because it would have been about curing her. But instead of curing her, what they did was trying to make people to use that to create a, a, a weapon. And I think that's what perverted the love. I, I think I just had trouble with her personality type. The way she came across seemed like a very sweet, very innocent sort of soul. And yet she had no problem going up and kissing a completely innocent person on the cheek. Like, I don't bat an eye when Tom King kills somebody, you know, mm-hmm. back in season two. Like, I mean, that just, okay, he's a spy. He, he is a, you know, it's, it's yeah, personalities. The cops, the cops was very sad. And, and I'm just going, this girl does not give me that. I do not see her as a cold-blooded killer, and that's what she was. It wasn't even like she was going after particularly bad people. I mean, And small... she felt very bad about it, too. Yeah, and, and she made it very clear that she felt bad, and yet she was able to pop up there and smile, and I'm doing this for my sorority, and I have to kiss a man with a gun. I It was just, I'm going, honey, you got a little bit of sociopath in you, don't you? Um... <laughs> I think you're faking the the guilt more than you're faking the... (laughs) I didn't think so. I think that she was... She had the guilt. It's just that for... In her twisted life, in which she was in a room the entire life, that romance for her became everything that she had. So I think that you get that perversion. And, and you get a little that. We have touched on a few blacklisters that are very similar in that in that respect. I, for one, think that the stewmaker was one of them. He had something horrible happen to him. I think he found his entire family killed, and that's how he, he probably started dissolving them to kind of dissolve the, the guilt, dissolve the past. And and it turned it turned weird. and But the tragedy kind of like takes out that cheesiness of the scene into 
into the evil done to them turns it into some drama that to me is enjoyable. But again, I'm weird and I'm not a romantic. So that's what happened when non-romantics find certain scenes romantic. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so, well, I did talk to a friend and I was not the only one that found, you know, that was a little hesitant with those two. So maybe I'm not completely nuts. Um, just mostly. I think most people actually did. I think I really? am in the minority in this one. Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've gone across some other boards and other sites and, and I found more or less the same reaction. Like people was like, there were, there were nothing. Why the people were going over that? Yeah, so you're not alone. I'm, I'm the weird one in this oh, episode. Well. Hey, you know, and that's why they have so many different blacklisters to, it's got a wide variety of people that watch. To hate. Um. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about that? She was the name blacklister. Now, how about all the other, because we've had all this thing about Magnur uh, Baldunsen and the other guy that they used. And that I, was. I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed because I know you and I have talked about who is this man that Red's giving this epic speech to. It was his, not even his nemesis, just like someone that an he, enemy. an enemy that he was, you know, telling all of his secrets to. And I'm just going, what's happening here? And oh, once I again, like, I, I, I'll say this is one that I'm sitting there making calls to the roomie as we're watching it and I got a bunch of stuff wrong last night because I'm like oh this dude's so dead Red's monologuing Red's monologuing he's dead nope walked away and I'm going come back you forgot to shoot him <laughs> I I had a feeling once he had you know that I saw the the, the tenor of the scene I, you know, to me as a theorist, this is, this last two episodes have been among the most exciting of the entire show. Not because the episodes in itself, they were so good that like, oh my God, I love them, you know, as, as just an episode, but for the richness of, for my theories, it's like, yeah, I'm like a kid in a, in a candy store with a huge bag. I actually had to take, uh, I, I had some people asking my opinions last night, and I told one person, I said, you know, I'm going to hold off until the morning. I said, I got to sleep on this episode. I, because I, I got so many things I felt like wrong in the moment of expecting certain things. I mean, and that happens more, like, I'm one of those people, I kind of have to mull over things and, and contemplate and look at all the pieces, see how they fit, take them apart, put them back together, you know, and but I like Red, you know, <laughs> you monologue, go kill him now. You know, this is what you do. Um, you monologue and then you shoot. I did not. I was very offended over that. Um, <laughs> so um, probably we should, we should go into Samaran around where you want to continue into Red. Um, we're already kind of on Red. Do you want to just go straight let's into Red? Let's continue go back on up? Red. Yeah, let's continue Red and we'll do Samar and Aram and, and the little bit of wrestler that we had. I, and here's the other thing about that that whole speech that he gave to I, I can never remember his name but Balder 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 okay um B -A -D -A. I, I did not while my brain connected it back with uh, one of the early episodes uh, in three B he said T tell our friends in hell that I'll see them mm -hmm. soon. And so, like, I, I wondered at the time if Red's dying or if something makes him feel like he's about to die. You know, he's faced his own mortality somehow recently. That brought that back around. I just had no idea why he told that man that and then left him alive. 
Like that mm-hmm. made no sense to me. Okay, you you want my take on that? I do. Please okay. make this make sense to me, because I, <laughs> I like I don't want to just shuffle it off and say, eh, you know, the the writer for this episode was new. Maybe they didn't know what they were doing. I don't want to do that because it still made it past the cutting table. It still made it past Spader and the Johns and everybody else. So even if it was a newbie, mis- you know, it couldn't have been a newbie mistake. Basically, it's there's not- got to be something I'm not seeing. No, it is delightful. <laughs> so this is this is my take on and to to understand this episode, we gotta go back to what has happened to Red. Um, Red has exonerated Liz, you know, and he's remember Red ex, in the process of exonerating Liz is a happy Red. It's you know, he may be in the in a big battle to get Liz exonerated, but he's thoroughly confident that he's going to get her exonerated, that he's just, you know, super, super excited and enjoying the company of Liz. He's telling stories. He's She's finally listening instead of rolling her eyes, not rolling her eyes so much. And they're all going, you know, like all happy here. And, you know, exonerate Liz. You know, she gets out, she finds him as he was, the way he was supposed to be, goes, gives him a big hug. She's all happy and, and you know, next time she gets beaten up and she's pregnant. And immediately they start this conflict because Red starts to go crazy. I think Red knew that she was pregnant as they were running away and when they were uh, um, in on, on the run. But I think the whole thing kind of crashed once that excitement of this is a man who hasn't had time with his daughter. It all started in a in a forced dinner in 102. And, you know, they're having dinner and he's all excited. And now this is season four and season three and she's pregnant and she's starting to push him away and this anxiety over her pregnancy and and she cannot get away and she was beaten and she's probably feeling like who am i what am i doing it's all coming on to him now we have the the tom situation at the same time which is bringing katarina back this is a spy married to uh, my daughter it was same as i had a spy that betray me and then betray me again and I think that for Rand this has been a very emotionally taken charge time and here he is he finally get her uh, her badge back it cost him enormous effort in a big favor that he could have used for himself and yet he used it for her gets her back and she no longer, I mean, she's like getting the badge back and turning on him. I, because even before it was like, I don't want your money because it's dirty money. But then, oh, you saved Tom, thank you. And then it was a wedding and all these things. They worked together to get Agnes. Um, he's, he basically traded his life for hers with, um, uh, with Rostov and, here we are. She's back into. I don't want to. You're my. You're my informant. He's putting him in danger. Uh, she's not caring. She doesn't want him to visit. Red. It's gone on a roller coaster. And as you say with Tom, 
Tom was fine until he had no emotions. Red was fine until he had no emotions. But for both men, connecting with Liz meant connecting to the to that family, to that emotions. Any kind of breakdown that covers, that protects him and allows him to do this. So we're back here. What happened to episodes? If you have, I mean, if you can entertain that Emma is Jennifer, just because timing works, just because the words tied to Carla. And if that is the case, Emma didn't want anything to do with him. Emma was going to take the, the witness protection list and sell it to the highest bidder and have all those death on her head just to get away from him. Liz fake her death. He had that terrible thing. And, you know, it wasn't true. He went... He had to reckon with his own life. He was revising the pain of, of losing Katerina or thinking that he lost Katerina if she's not dead, as most of us think she's not. And here it is. Red is alone. Red has nobody. He's fighting this battle uphill. He has no love. His daughter is afraid of him. His daughter is it doesn't want anything to do with him, doesn't want to see his granddaughter. He is utterly alone. And I think at that time, he gets there, and Balder is there, and he's telling, you're supposed to kill me, or I was supposed to kill you. And if you think about it, that is exactly what happened with Berlin. This is the, this is the same arc as Berlin, repeated. Uh, a guy does something, blames Red, and then makes Berlin go after Red. And then we find that Berlin is just a pawn. It was... Um, it, it wasn't Berlin, it was the uh, Decembers, it was Alan Fitch. This is the same thing. They were, they're trying to use a situation by killing the thing and making believe that Baldur is the one who did it to start a war. Either Red will be killed or Red will have his finances depleted and will be unable to continue the war. So this is exactly the same the same situation that we're having. And at that point, I think Red decided, I'm not going to do what they expect me to do, which is kill this man. At this point, and that, that to me, can we talk about that speech about the truth? Do you have any anything uh, about that one? Or you, it was thoroughly incomprehensible, the entire thing. Ah, uh, that so made more sense with Red. I mean, that, that, that worked into the... the... I don't want to say typical beautiful James Bader monologue because it's his monologues are anything but typical. Mm. Um, they, they, he really is very, very talented at monologuing. It takes a very, very talented actor to be able to monologue as much as he does and not get bored with it. Um, and, and I've only done one rewatch, and so I, I'm little. I that scene was not one I, I've seen multiple, multiple times. Um. For me, the, the kickstart reaction with the truth is, he said, you know, I, I hold the truth very dear, I think was the phrase that mm -hmm. he used. It's the only thing we have. And where my brain went with that was he really does. He holds it very close to him. He doesn't trust a lot of people with it. He doesn't show it off. But he holds his cards very, very close to the vest because once people know the truth, he's lost some of his power. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's 
good, though, I think is something he may have to learn because right now he's actually pushing Liz further and further away because he's letting her believe not necessarily lies, because it's not like he's telling her, yes, I killed Emma. He just didn't tell her that he didn't. He let mm-hmm. her believe something that has actually pushed her further away, because she sees it as, you killed Kaplan, you killed Emma, you keep killing these people that have betrayed you. You really, we're going back to season one, you really are a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I found that very fascinating, him talking about the truth, that he does hold it very close and very dear, but he also doesn't share it with even the people that you would think he trusts trust the most. One thing that, that drew my attention in, in that powerfully was that he said truth, and I, I'm paraphrasing because I haven't watched it nearly enough times to, uh, to have it, is that he said the truth is elusive. And I think that that is the key word in that in that monologue is that he is his truth is shifting and it's a fundamental truth. Did Katerina love me? Did Katerina really uh, betray me? And I think that has been the basic tenet of his life. He's based his life on this betrayal. And I think that seeing Liz with Tom is making him realize maybe I judged too harshly. And maybe I didn't have all of the truth. Because derives a lot of his of his power from seeming to be omniscient, which he isn't. He's been wrong countless times. He fools me on a regular basis. I have to keep reminding myself that he doesn't know absolutely everything. <laughs> so He's I, good I, at- I regularly get angry at Red for something, and then I have to kind of pull back and go, "Wait a minute." He, how could he have, he didn't know that. That's, he's not doing this to undermine such and such. Now, as soon as it happens and it works out in his favor, he'll make you believe he knew it all along. Mm-hmm. But there are so many times, and, and we've discussed this about, I, I was very upset with him for, goodness, up until, I guess it was the hiatus between 4A and 4B, when we, when we did the in-depth mm-hmm. character uh, discussions. I'd been blaming Red since season one for the way that he pushed the idea on Liz that, that Tom was going to, to kill her, to hurt her, if he if she stayed there with him. That, you know, he didn't love her, and that, you know, when we found out in season two that Red does know that Tom loved her all along. And, I don't think that all well, the time. And that, that's what the conversation was between mm-hmm. us in that podcast, was that you, you made the comment that he didn't no, at the time it took moving into Ka- into the space with Katarina and answering some questions to get to that point where he knew. And also seeing that Tom was willing to come back again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And so, but but there are things that, that in hindsight I look back and go, oh my gosh, he didn't even know. Like, he was, he was going off his own perception, which was not accurate. Mm-hmm. I, I very often get snowed by Raymond Reddington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, um, he's good at that. I, but tell me, did, did my explanation kind of make sense to you? D- does it does it ring anything like, oh, okay, maybe I should look into that, or did it make any sense whatsoever? Because uh, it makes sense to me. It doesn't mean it makes sense for the rest of the world. I mean, it does make sense. Um, I, I still found it just odd that that he let the man live. I could totally, like, he's done that before where he's just 
put his heart and soul out on the table and then the person got a bullet in the chest. You know, like, it just... I guess he didn't feel like the guy deserved to die because he hadn't done mm -hmm. anything wrong, but he still was just he very didn't strange. The, he, was, he was upsetting the plan. The plan was for him either to start a war with, with Baldur or to deplete his finances, and by not acting in character, uh, he, he upset... I think he learned his lesson with Berlin whenever he was seeing that he he needed to know from Baldur, how do you, did you kill my guy? And once he realized he didn't, he saw the same play. That's what I'm seeing. And yeah. then killing Baldur made no sense because probably killing Baldur will mean somebody else will step in, somebody that he didn't know, somebody that he couldn't control. And that part makes sense to me. It's It's the fact that he put... The, the, the monologue about death, uh, sharing that with him. I just, I feel like while he may know the man very well, the audience isn't aware that he, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense for me on a writing point. It's, it, it seemed like we were supposed to believe mm -hmm. that they had a much deeper friendship and relationship mm -hmm. than we'd actually been given in the writing, if that makes sense. I, I, I the way I saw it was Red is in a, such an emotional state because if, if, if you consider for a moment that, that Jennifer is Emma, Emma and Liz, his two daughters, one biological, I'm sure the other one is not, both try to get away from him. And Dembe is pissed at him. So his three filial figures are pretty angry at him. And Liz doesn't want anything. And I do think that Red is feeling danger coming at him i think this enemy that he may not have identified yet it's coming at him and he knows that is deadly serious and this could be me viewing red as omniscient again <laughs> it could the, the emotional reaction i had to the scene could very well be me just not quite like intellectually i know he's not omniscient but mm -hmm. my reaction is yeah, yeah he does he's great at it well done red Right, um. I, I need to go here in, into another thing in this in this Tom um, uh, the the conversation you know that for Tom the, the the part about hiring Tom I think is one other key element in all this that is happening to Red and that is um, Red thought for a while that you know he was grooming Emma he was grooming Liz. And this is all assuming that you take, you know, Jennifer to be Emma. He's grooming Jennifer, uh, Emma, and Emma is out. He was grooming, trying to groom Liz. Liz is out, and she's back into 100% I'm an FBI agent, and I'm so in the white, there is not even a shade of gray in me. Um, and I think that Red is contemplating that he can die. Now he has, you know, this enemy is skilled and is coming at him from every point. And I think Red is tired, is emotionally exhausted. This fake death took a lot from him. And in this space, he has one thing with Tom. He wants Tom to go to Alcyon. And I think for one reason, because he needs to control somehow Alcyon. And Tom is his best chance. Because basically he's having his son-in-law with his parents and that way they can consolidate this so this is a very interesting moment but if he cannot make him 
do that. He told him that Susan was his mother, told him that they were secrets. I mean, what else can he dangle in front of a man? A little carrot, uh, like, hey, you know, they're secrets. You got to discover them. Come on. <laughs> He's not picking. So next best, best thing is, well, if I if my daughters don't want this empire of me and mine and my fight, my son-in-law is going to have to do. So I'll start grooming him to succeed me. That's such a bizarre thought. Like, I have so much trouble wrapping my mind around that. <laughs> it's like, you were my last choice. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and as Red said, that's who he is. And I think that Red is seeing that. And I think Red sees that in Liz as well. And he's frustrated about this, you know, going back into, um, you know, the purest snow on earth. And I have never done anything wrong. And I think, you know, you sometimes you got to go with the devil, you know. I guess so. <laughs> so it does sound like anything. Like, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. That, that to me, that makes that makes sense. It's like, you know, and, and hiring Tom was a way of dangling another carrot. So he's going to see what carrots the man takes. I, I did have trouble with that conversation because it kind of reminded me of the conversation before the wedding where he said, you know, he's a criminal. He's, he's fundamentally dishonest. He cannot change. And then he basically was saying the same thing to Liz again when they were talking when uh, over the cell phones. He said, you know, th this is what he does. This is who he is. And I, this isn't verbatim, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Something about uh, it's like asking a shark not to swim. And I'm sitting there going, mm -hmm. he's, it's not like he's been out searching for covert operative jobs. Yes, within the safety of their home he's been discussing stuff with liz there's unless red bugged their apartment i mean he probably does not know about that and it just it was kind of strange to me for him to go that route because it's not like people are knocking down tom's door to hire him and so unless he went out actively looking for this style of work I, why would Red assume that that he would continue with it? I it just it was kind of a bizarre. Thing well, he me. hasn't really stopped. He he was doing undercover work during the search for Agnes. Um, they were he was doing undercover work to get Red out, and that wasn't to get Liz out. That was to get Red out. Uh, that was you know by the time that he's with Dembit, he knows already. It's just to get Red out and. And I think for Red, that kind of loyalty means a lot. And, and the fact that he brought it up and he turned it and the woman was delivered when he was supposed to. And I think that we have seen that. We've, we saw it with the, with the truck and, and, and the delightful, what was the name of the dog? Um, Roscoe and the, the donated dog. You know, whenever you need it to be done and you need it precise, you go for Tom Keen. And I think that Red has finally understood yes tom is always going to be an operative because that's what he does and that he does it well i think that he knows enough about that mindset probably because of katarina to know that tom you know he already took the the, the teaching job and after that and when tom was like all geared to have a normal life took the teaching job away and then tom started doing 
doing undercover and he threw the 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 passport out and he fished them out it's i think that that is is something that red is finally to me understanding that tom being undercover does not mean equals tom being a criminal does not mean tom being a liar all the time or tom not having real feelings and i think that is his growth with katarina is seeing it in tom with liz is making him realize that katarina may have loved me and i just never gave her the chance i never even i suspect that red didn't even ask her why she did things that she did she he got angry and cut her off well that's what liz does Yep. Well, she makes a lot support. of assumptions and just rolls with them. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, like father, like daughter. Uh, and and I think that that is what is finally getting to understand with Tom. And that's why these episodes have been like so great for me because I'm seeing Red have a growth that is very painful for him. But he went to Liz, and I, I noticed that he went to Tom behind Liz's back because we didn't see that conversation because it didn't happen. Liz asked, where's Tom? Like, maybe no. maybe Tom left a note, like, I'm working for, for Red or something. She I, didn't even know where Tom was. I disagree with that. Um, that's not at all what I got from it because when he came back, he made a comment about um, about a discussion that they had had. Uh, when he oh, walks okay. into the door, okay. he says something about... I've been thinking about what you said when you asked. And I think when she asked, where's Tom? It was more of a, so I know he's somewhere in the world other than my, than our home. So what country is he in? Where'd you put my husband? Mm-hmm. You know, sort of attitude. Oh, okay, it was, okay. it was more I, of a I'm, flippant where's, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a part that we also had in one of the, of the previews and we never got, which is Tom talking on the phone and saying, you know, this is what I do and I'm good at it. And I think that understanding and that identity, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, they're breaking up. No, I think that they're finding their identity. You can be a family man and you can be a spy, um, you know, but I think you're up, you're like 120 percent right. It's not about Tom undercover. It's about Tom working for Red. So it was really interesting that they chose the wage gap thing to me because it's like they chose a significant issue in this country and then just it basically was just a prop to to let Aram help Samar or to you know be sweet with Samar and for her to acknowledge that she has something with him it's it felt like a very bizarre prop to me to use that, if that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I saw a lot of people say that. I've seen comments um, about everywhere about that. I saw that as this is the preparation for Samar going somewhere. I have a feeling that Samar might move into red operation. I think Samar has been... Ever since she found her brother, in, like the brother was the terrorist that she's been chasing, her life has been turned upside down. She's everything that she believed, everything that she based her life. Maybe Red will groom her. <laughs> 
it, it, it's it's an interesting thing for me with 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 Samar because she had this thing with Levy and, and then she told uh, she told him you know I've been waiting for you for so long and I think that Samar had a mindset she you know she was an agent she was uh, fighting terrorism um, yes yeah, she had a thing for for Levy and she waited but it was more important the battle that she was in the battle of good and evil, and she was fighting against the terrorists. And I think that she's lost the North. And I think that when she lost the North, it became, she started like banging against the walls. I mean, wrestler was a bang against the wall. I do think that there's always been an attraction between those two characters. But I think that the way it happened and the moment it happened, it was like an emotional disaster for both of them. You know, Wrestler was not in the best position to even go in there. You know, I'm not even sure, you know, if he would have continued with it or if he took it as a one-night stand. But he wasn't in, in the right frame of mind to have to start a relationship or even to have an affair. He was an emotional wreck at that moment. Samar was an emotional wreck. And then she goes on to, to Levy is, 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 is going to get married. And then she's like, you know, all excited about Liz having a baby. And then Liz goes to leave the baby for adoption. And she's, you know, well, I don't want babies. I want, you know, I want a career. And she's all like career woman. And that is not working either. It's like nothing is working in her life. And then Aram, and, and she's finally beginning to realize that she does love Aram and that Aram is a great guy. And then Aram has this thing about, you know, you're you're a spy and you're, I don't know where you are and I have no idea and I cannot be with a woman like that. And I think her world came crashing down and this is like the last straw i mean at least i get a decent living but now no i don't even get that because i get 32 percent less than you so i think that something exciting is happening with samar and i'm not sure what it is i have a feeling she might go to work for red that's a possibility it could be a build-up for that uh i've been so focused on the fact that they're i, I see them building up saram uh and they're they're slow building that and so that's kind of been where my focus is but maybe they are building a, an even deeper arc for for samar herself yeah i don't see it like happening now but i think that as the blacklist ends she's going to migrate because she needs to find a north and and she needs to to reimagine who she is because the the career woman fighting terrorism without any love or romance because she had no time no space for it she couldn't get in it's not working anymore mm-hmm. so I, i'm fascinated by that and i'm fascinated by the fact that we learn a little thing about aram remember they said there was always something about aram that they have a little something for aram in stock Connolly said and we always said like what can't be the pot because it's, it's legal in dc Our Saram has gambling problems. I do have to ask, though, is it even possible? I mean, I work for a super tiny company, so we don't even have, like, we we don't have an HR group to go to. Um, But is it even possible for someone to go down to payroll and say, I want to give half of my, my payment every, you know, every two weeks to someone else? 
Like, is that, can they do that? Like, I can understand him writing her a check every, you know, but, mm-hmm. like, to to have payroll switch that over, I don't even know if that's possible, if they'd be able to do that. I mean, it was sweet, don't get me wrong, I, I love the sentiment of it, it's it's adorable, but... It, I, I know that a lot of people got very angry. I don't know that it can be done, but one thing that people got like, well, that's a serious issue. How can they brush it off? But you know what? It's a simple issue with a very simple, it's a simple, it's a complex issue with a very simple solution. What Aram did. Yeah. I mean, your well, work and my work should be the same. So therefore, if they don't fix it, I can fix it. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was very nice on his end. It's something that I couldn't imagine a great deal of people doing. So. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I would have done more, but I, I have student loans and gambling debts. <laughs> it was it was a very sweet moment. I, I love a rhyme for, for that kind of stuff. Oh, I, I definitely had a fangirl moment on my couch watching it. And yeah, they, there was no question about the scene at all until the rewatch. <laughs> well, until today at some point when I was thinking about it. And I was like, can you even do that? What, what's going Trouble. on with that scene? And then I started thinking about it too much is really what happened. And Probably so. around when they're charmed the, the socks out of somebody or, or just simply hacked into it and changed it. There, maybe that's what he did. That makes more sense that he hacked it. I, mm. I could see that. Okay, there we go. Head he cannon accepted. He's not his only criminal going on. I mean, he's able to hack into everything. Head you know, cannon was, Yeah. So, we're good. <laughs> How about wrestler? He had very little to do. I, yeah. I, there, I mean, he was there. Mm-hmm. And he ran with the group, but otherwise it really wasn't, he didn't have a very standout role this time. I I am imagining that Wrestler is being, is being kept for the big Lauren Hitchkin arc. And that happens sometimes. Like, when, when a character goes super quiet like that, they've got something huge. I mean, because think about it. We had an all Liz episode last time, and then Liz was really not in it very much this time. It's the way they balance it. It's mm-hmm. it's not always the best, but it's it's the way they do it. It's it's a it's the way they roll. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think that, that the Laurel Hitchin thing is about to come to, to point here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not before Redemption, because they're so busy trying to launch that right now. But I think in, uh, I guess that'd be 4C... That would be a great one when redemption is ending because the, somebody floated the idea that Solomon and 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 uh, and Rest are going to work together to get Hitchens, and that that would just be lovely. Oh, it would be fantastic. It would break my brain like crazy, but it would, yeah. <laughs> you know, for that double episode, the last of Redemption and the first of the Blacklist for for the next uh, for the last stretch, that would be just awesome. So Tom's I'm like, all for that. <laughs> Don't yeah, take my so bromance, said... man. <laughs> Dude, don't yeah, take that... my bromance. <laughs> yeah, that would be a whole remake of, remember that time that he had a gun to your head and then, yeah, no. It's like a it was, bro it was trio? A, it was a... I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. That's another guy who also has a great sense of, of, of commitment to the job. And, you know, the book might be different, but they also go by the book. He had, I mean, somebody said they swallow a hook, a fishing hook for his employers. That's a man that has a serious loyalty. So, you know, maybe sometimes the enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
<laughs> and, and they both got a beef with her. And, you know, Solomon goes to the highest bidder. <laughs> so, if, I, I'm not entirely sure that's accurate. I mean, I think he made that, that comment flippantly one time. But, I mean, he, he stays loyal until the people screw him. And yeah. so... They tried to kill him. That would that yeah, would turn me a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't stay loyal after that. Um, but I mean, Scotty seems fairly loyal to him from what we've seen in the the previews for Redemption mm -hmm. with her chastising Tom for shooting mm -hmm. Solomon. <laughs> How dare you shoot I love Albert? It because, like, why, why did you like punch him? No, why did you shoot him? I love it. It's like. So it's like hyper reality. It's not about oh, why did you punch him or you know call him names? No, why did you shoot him in the stomach and left him there? <laughs> left him to bleed out. It's great. It's okay. Tom knows from from experience that you can get gut shot and walk away from it. <laughs> and he only shot him once. You know, <laughs> he took three. <laughs> Solomon's yeah. gonna be fine. He'll walk it off. Um. <laughs> and I love uh, I love uh, Solomon's answer to that. But we, I mean, that would be. A, I'm loving the idea of, of what Redemption is going to bring. There will place. be so many happy, happy moments in that podcast. Mm -hmm. Guys, tune in for that because we will <laughs> we will have fun with that one. <laughs> All um, right. So moving on to, um, let's see, uh, the, the Tom accepting the job uh, and, and the bit that we, were, we started talking about earlier, the... Um, I I have a new theory cooking. Um, and okay. we were talking about off, off the podcast the other day. So that my theories tend to be much smaller than Tessa's because I do character-based theories. So I basically take, take what I know about the character and that's how I make my theories. I don't – I have some broader theories about the overarching, you know – themes and where the show's going, et cetera, et cetera. But most of my predictions – are very pinpointed and most of them have to do with the Keens because those are the ones I feel like I know the best out of the storyline. Um, and something interesting that struck me as I was gift making today, I think Tom is less inclined to kill these days. I think having a daughter has shifted something in his head. I mean, because we saw back in season two, he had no problem snapping, um, Eugene Ames's neck and I mean he didn't even remember the man's name but there was there was an interesting the first thing that got me started on thinking this was there's this pause it's super brief I I'm going I've got the gift saved I'm probably Saturday I'll have it up with a write-up about this um but he's he's in the hallway at the hotel and Grabs the first guy, which it's really funny because I think they screwed up in the cutting room. I hate to say that because these guys are really good. And so, I mean, we'll give them this one. But we see him take the guy by his, his lapels or whatever. And then all of a sudden the guy's unconscious on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what happened in between there. Um, <laughs> but regardless. Um, and then he I think it was a chop. Might have. It, it might have just happened so fast I didn't see it. We'll, we'll say that. We'll, we'll give him that and hope that's true. Um, but anyway, he goes to the second guy and he snaps his neck and there's this very brief pause and look like almost as if he's going, I didn't even give myself permission to do that. It, that was his go-to. His training kicked in. Man was a threat. Killed the threat. And then he stopped and it computed with him that he did it. And he kind of had this little you know, frustrated look on his face very briefly before 
kickstarting back into gear and going getting the gun mm-hmm. and, and doing his job. But I went back after seeing that and noting that, and I went back and started looking at why Tom turned him down, turned Red down when he first offered, and thinking about well, why did he end up accepting in the end? Because it's not like Red really changed a great deal and made it more compelling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tom's statement was something along the lines of that he wasn't going to be his dress-up assassin so that he could go kill a guy he'd never met. Um, and Red's statement was, oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not hiring you to kill him. I'm hiring you to bring him to me, basically. And so it shifted. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about being an assassin. It was about bringing the guy there. The blood was not going to be on Tom's hands. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's, it's something I, that part I would not have noticed without that look after the neck snapping. Um... But, and then there was also the, the fork and bottle attack, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he was talking, uh, you know, when, because I mean, he stabbed the guy with a fork. He mm-hmm. had a, uh, I don't even know what that tool was, but it was spinny and it would have hurt like hell if you went for the jugular with that. Um, but he threw a fork into him like a knife and used a bottle to bash the other guy in the head and grab the gun from him. He went out of his way not to kill those people. Mm-hmm. And it was just very interesting. I think Tom Keen has taken a step back, and I think it's Agnes. I don't, for once, mm-hmm. I don't think it's Liz. I think it's Agnes. I think he's taking every he step he's taking. He wants to be a, big, a better man for his daughter. Exactly. He's, ta- he's thinking every step through and going, what would happen if my daughter... It's that look he gave when he was strangling the man in front of the crib and Agnes was watching him. Remember uh, Red when he gets Frank Naomi's uh, Carla's husband, and he takes a, a piece of uh, a stick and put it in his neck, and and the guy is about to pass out. That was the same thing Tom did. He did it with a fork, but he did it, you know, he like going in the in chest. The neck. No, he got him in the chest. Oh, he got him in the chest. Okay. Yeah, well, close, but I mean, it's I'm sure it would be a very Tom-like thing to do as well. Um, but it was interesting. It was just, it's something that struck me, and I'm going to do a write-up on it on Tumblr with, with the different gifts and stuff that I've been putting together this afternoon. But I, it was fascinating, and I, I really do believe it's him becoming a father that has made that mm-hmm. shift. And it's it's humanized him greatly. I mean, loving Liz was the first, you know, several steps in, you know, <laughs> becoming a real human being. Um and then having a child has just really shifted him on that, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, it's it's fantastic. I, I love the growth. Um, and so, I mean, he's still able to do the job, but he's not... He won't do more than is necessary. Yeah. Like, like basically, like Red does. You know? Maybe, he... not, maybe not even as far as Red goes. Uh, you know, if he can handle the situation without killing the people, mm-hmm. then he will. And so it was just, it was interesting for me. I, I, I definitely love, I know that we were expecting someone a little different, but I think that just for me, seeing Tom working for, for Red was just like a, like a belated Christmas gift. It felt awesome. And I want to say the one thing that is, that is, was very interesting there for me was, um, we did see um, 
a respect. It was a different respect. This was not, oh, well, this is, you know, desperate times, like he told him when he offered his services as, as, um, to Holbeck. This was, this was I, I went to him because he's good at what he does in I offer him a job. I'm not going to double cross him. And it's funny because he said, I care for him. And then said, I care for you and Agnes. It's like he caught himself. It was like, not that I'm saying I care for your husband. It's only because he, I care for you, Liz. <laughs> he, he, and, and yeah, he caught himself because the truth is that he's starting to care for Tom. You know, Tom went out of his way to try to save him. And worked with him. And I think that he has seen Tom as a father. And I think Red is not used to this. And this thing with Tom is causing the most growth with Red. He's he's going at the same time having an appreciation for Tom. I think that is translating for him. And maybe I should reevaluate Katerina. And at the same time, he's finding that the only one he can hold on to is a hated son-in-law. Because the daughter is like, I don't want to see you. Don't come near here. I don't want you in my apartment. I don't want you anywhere. So it's a it's a weird comfort. And it's like, you know, Dom, Dom and, and Red. Exactly what I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the begrudging son-in-law. This may happen sooner than we thought, you know? Uh, maybe I just, once again, didn't have enough faith in the writers that they'd be able to... <laughs> To twist it around to that quick enough. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's interesting because Red has to be looking. If he's looking at mortality, he's going to be looking at who's going to continue my battle, who's going to handle my empire. Because I'm sure Red has done a lot of steps to start making that money legal so that Liz can have it. But there is a lot of things that he, Liz, even if he were gone tomorrow. Red is killed. There's going to be a lot of people coming for Liz, and Red is going to need to have somebody who can, who he can trust, and he can handle that. And I think that's that Liz will not be it. So, who's left? Ah, uh, the Keens. The Keens are left. Um. So, uh, the big thing, uh, at least, like I said, I, I'm I'm a Tumblr haunter. I, I haunt Tumblr. I really, I most of my Facebook interactions are with the podcast group, and Twitter, I'm meh-ish. Most of the people I know on Twitter I know from Tumblr. Um, but there was a lot of feedback last night and all through the morning saying that they were out of character, it was retconned, they were frustrated. I even saw people from other ships going, you know, welcome to what we've been saying for months, guys. You know, welcome, Keen Squared. We've been telling you they're out of character, and I'm like, but they're not. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but they're not. This is... It, I My shipper heart broke with that conversation. I hated it. But it's not out of character, and it's not retconning. And <clears throat> here, here is my the reason I'm coming at this. And I, I've put this down in words on Tumblr because that's how I, I figure my brain patterns out is that I write. Um, but it was not about Tom going undercover. I don't think that bothers Liz. The, the conversation a couple episodes ago over dinner with the passports cemented it that she knows who the man under the masks, masks is. And she loves him. She trusts him. That's not an issue. Going undercover is not an issue. 
she needs him to not only be honest, she needs him to not be a criminal. And right now, I I think it actually has more to do with her relationship with Red than it does Yes. And right now, she, she is looking at this man just killed one of his most loyal friends because he feels like he was betrayed by her turned around and murdered another woman that he feels like betrayed him which he didn't but regardless she doesn't know that and red has done nothing to dissuade her of that opinion mm-hmm. and my husband just traveled halfway around the world to work with him because he's bored <laughs> you know i mean that's that's probably what boils mm-hmm. down to i mean and you you hear parents i i do not have kids of my own but you hear parents, new parents joke about, you know, that they spend so much time talking to their kids that they almost forget how to talk to adults. Mm-hmm. Tom's going through the spy version of that right now, I think, of, you know, he's got this six-month-old child, eight-month-old child, however old Agnes is supposed to be at this point, um, kid that he's spending all day with. And he's a trained operative. I mean, it, it's not that he can't do that. It's not that he doesn't love doing that. It's the... It's, you want to be more. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's, it's, the same reason, more. it's the same Why reason people go back to work after maternity and paternity leave, is they go back to work. I mean, yes, they have to bring in an income, but, you know, it's... You're, so, you're allowed to have a life besides yes. being a parent. Yes. And, and so I think the key was the fact that he went with Red. Yes, not I agree. that he was going undercover, because she's never bad an eye when he goes with the task force. I mean, she left him with the full understanding he was going to go undercover with the task force when she faked her death. They sent him undercover when they were going to try to find Agnes. I mean, she wrestler said, "Wow, he's good," and she got this very proud look on her face, like that's him. I know he is good. Um. And, and so I, I don't think she has an issue particularly, as long as he's honest about it, with the undercover work. It's the fact that he went with this person that she does not trust right now, she's upset with, he knows she's upset with, and chose to work with him. It's putting him in danger, in a physical sense, from Liz's point of view. It's putting him physically in danger, because if he pisses Red off, Red might just get pissed and pop him in the head. Um... And it's also putting him emotionally and their future in danger. Because if he continues, Red made it sound like when he's talking to her that he's basically trying to pull Tom into the fold. If he continues down this path, suddenly he's a career criminal again. And that freaked Liz out. And she made the comment, I'm not sure I could love the man. Or what was the phrase? Um, She said, I'm not sure... I would love the man. I, ah, what's that? I don't remember the quote. It was there was one in which he said, um, "You know, it's not going to work if you cannot be who you are," which yeah. I thought was very important because it meant that she recognizes that if Tom really is at heart an operative, she's that life is not going to work. But I know the one you're looking for. Yeah, um, it was a complicated one. It was, and it's. It was a very con- – but it basically the gist of it was I I believe from what – from the way I read Liz, from the way I read Tom, the whole thing, 
she was basically saying, if you go and become a criminal, I don't know if I can do that. And I don't think Tom quite caught that. I'm not sure he quite understood that. I think he took it at a very base, like, well, you either love me or you don't. Because he's, I don't think he's thinking criminal versus not at that point. I think he was just thinking, wow, I just got the high of being undercover. I forgot how much I like that. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Um... Um, we just arrested a woman who would have done anything to stay with a person she loved, but she lost him anyway. Tom says, I'm not going anywhere. That's not what I meant. From the beginning, we've been fighting secrets and agendas and psychotic homicidal killers coming between us. And I think that's red. Uh, and for the first time we've together and we've not got no one to fight, but it still feels like we're coming apart. He says, I know this family is the most important thing to you, but it's not going to work if you can't be who you are. I guess I'm just scared. Of what? I'm not going to love that person. Do you love me? Yes, then you love that person because that's who I am. Yeah, I think Liz meant, I don't think it got across to Tom, but I think she meant, basically, if he were to become a career criminal again, that she wasn't sure she could, I mean, but, and that makes sense. I'm sorry, you know, like, as much as I love Tom, if he were to go off and be a, you know, basically, right too. yeah, then he, I could see where a mother would have trouble having him around Agnes and being, because that's not who she married. She married the man she fell in love with, which is Tom, which is, he's not going to go do that. We know he's about to go to Halcyon, which I think is going to be a great balance for them because it'll still... It will give her what she needs in it being a government-sanctioned, with some structure, legal side of it. And it's also, she has her badge back now. If he goes off and becomes a career criminal, that's going to put her in a really awkward place. That mm -hmm. her and husband I, is doing that. Exactly, because that is, I mean, now you're, you know, you're talking about an FBI agent who's, you know, eventually, it might be known that Red is her father, and her husband is working with her criminal father. That doesn't look quite good. No, not at all. And she's already been set up. And so I, I could see why this would send her spiraling like it did. And so while I hated the conversation because it broke my shipper heart, I understood it. And I, I don't think it's, you know, it's the, the cries of the end of Keen Squared all over again. We've been having that since the beginning of the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it gets old. Um, And so I... They'll be fine. I think Halcyon will be a really good balance for them. Like I said, it'll give her the legality that she needs to, to and, be and okay with I'm... it. And it'll give him the ability to not be... If he went and worked for the task force, I think his hands would be too tied. I think that he is too... I, I don't. And this is not a bash to the task force, but... He's too great. Yeah. Uh, he, he's too great for the task force. He takes very creative uh, liberties with things. Uh, he... he Bends the binding of the of the uh, rule book. Yeah. Bends it to breaking. Um, but they can only bend it so far in the task force because they, while they avoid a lot of the red tape, they still work for the United States government. There's a difference in working for the U.S. government and being sanctioned by the U.S. government. They. Yeah, well, that's the reason why Asian exists because there are mm -hmm. things that just they can't have the agents do. Exactly. I also I also think that that there is there is a um, a lovely parallel there that we created, and I'm noticing these themes in in the episodes. And when you're really careful to look 
you you find and they're fascinating. And Natalie Luca was looking Malik was who Malik was for her because she was the first person who saw her not as a patient, not as a freak, not as a medical experiment, or as a valuable asset, but who saw the person and that was what was so beautiful about him. And if you see what Tom is going for is how can I be myself and you can love me for who I am without, um, you know, and not be, not deny a part of myself. Yeah. No, it, it was a great parallel. Uh, another one that, that sort of touched on, um, it, it's sort of a parallel-ish. It, it's both of them working towards the same thing. A couple episodes ago when they were talking over the passports and Tom said that he his promise to her was to share his fears and doubts with her. I think that's what Liz was doing in this conversation. She wasn't, it's not like she was saying, okay, go pack your bags, go away. It was, these are my fears and my doubts. This scares me because this is where I could see it going. And I, I think it freaks him out more just because I don't think he's... I think he's kind of always waiting for that shit to drop and to wake up and realize that it's all been a dream. You know, the... there is also a very interesting thing. And I remember as soon as I saw it, I remember what you were saying, a podcast, like probably in the, uh, in the hiatus podcast, you were mm -hmm. saying that probably when, when Tom was growing up in, in San Regis, Tom Red must have been like a, like a hero. And there he is. This this uh, legat is like this killer, like awesome. I mean, nobody have seen it, and he has like at least six kids that I know. And he's like super, like oh no no, he exists. It's like no, he doesn't. Oh, he fanboyed. No, Tom fanboyed. Yeah. <laughs> and then like no no no, I created it, you know, for my hits or my associate. And and Tom is like, and I think that a bit is like oh, you want me to be this thing? And then it's like. You know, suddenly it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I get to be this guy. <laughs> this is like an undercover going under a cover that is not even a real person. This is like, you know, Christmas. <gasps> Poor baby. And then he gets home and he just wants to brag about it and his wife's like, honey, we need to have this serious conversation. <laughs> yeah, I got I got my unhappy face going here. Okay, I now officially want to write a fic about him getting to fanboy to Liz. Because <laughs> he, it's so sweet, because he loves sharing that with her. In season two, when he's about to go to Dresden, and they, he gives her the advice about sneezing. Mm -hmm. When he finds out she's going undercover, he's, he's just almost bouncy with it. He's just so giddy over the fact that he gets to share that little piece, the honest piece about him with her mm -hmm. and i think and he it would, saved her life yeah it did and i think he would have just loved to have come home and gone babe let me tell you all the cool things i just did <laughs> you know <laughs> it would have been adorable but it wouldn't have worked for the writing where they're going with this and the drama they're trying to build i get that but it would have yeah been cute. <laughs> maybe one day but I, I thought it was also very interesting that that um you know, because you get that fun moment and he's like super giddy. And, and I think that what Red is trying to do is, is, is hedge his bets. Either he will get Tom, you know, by offering more jobs to Tom, Liz is going to push him into Alcyon. Or he won't go into Alcyon and then at least he will have his successor right there. Oh, you think that, that Red is trying to manipulate Liz to push Tom into house? Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, I love that. She's, 
she's hating me. How can I use that? I want Tom in Alcyon because I want to be able to have my man inside Alcyon in control Alcyon. So, uh, okay, I'll offer him a job. He's the best. Besides, as Tom, as Red always says, my motives are never simple. Nothing with red is simple. So he's the best, and I would love him to push him to Alcyon. But, you know, I prod him. I told him about his mother. I told him about the secrets. Oh, come on. He's not going still. He's going to need money. Okay, but Liz hates me, so I'm going to offer him a job that's going to get Liz upset. And then she's going to get more upset with me, but eventually she's going to say, you know what, honey, why don't you take Alcyon? And that's what he's doing. And if he fails, then he has Tom on the inside. <laughs> oh my gosh, if that comes out, eventually I'm just going to die. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's twisted and it's beautiful and it's so very, very Raymond Reddington. <laughs> yeah, I got a good read on that. I got a good read on the guy. So as I, I, all in all, I, I thought the episode was terrific. I mean, they're setting up so many things. I think this this few episodes are left and then at the end oh my god and then you know we know that as as um as uh he gets uh poisoned then you know there is something going on with red too it's gonna be awesome i'm so excited for that episode i know i've been saying that for like every episode but i'm really like that's that's a trope that i like i don't know why like mm -hmm. that's a thing but i'm like i mean because i know he's gonna be fine and so like I, he can suffer a little It'll be okay um <laughs> so i'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> when he got shot, I thought that was fantastic because Red is just, he's on this pedestal. You see him as omniscient. You see him as unshakable. And then you bring him down to size, and it's its really cool to see. I, I know that sounds really twisted, but, I mean, as long as I know he's going to be okay. I'm totally fine when Tom gets hurt, as long as I know he's going to be okay. Also, because it's great for character development and the various characters that are pissed. I mean, when Red got shot, Liz was pissed off at him. And then she's busy, you know, like, holding his hand and, and worrying over him. And it was all, you know, I, I don't ship them, obviously, together. But, like, I I love their dynamic. And so I was mm -hmm. all over that. And same thing when, when Tom gets hurt. And thankfully no one shot Liz. I don't know. I think I'm not behind anybody shooting or badly injuring Liz. I feel like she's the, she's kind of like a rom. It's like, protect her. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, they did, they did beat her up <laughs> That's and true. waterboard her. Um, it just had, you know. Hers are more psychological traumas, typically. I found also, um, since we're, are we like near the episode? Can I go a little bit into themes? Yeah, go for it. And the symbols? Go well, for it. I found I did a, 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 um, I always work on my themes and uh, of the blacklist, and I noticed that there. Particularly the plaids, because the plaids is one of those that, you know, water is a symbol in many things. The semiotics of water is everywhere. Uh, so, it, you know, royalties. But when you get to plaid, that's a very specific of the show. And there is only a few instances in which we have seen plaid anything without the accompanying lion. One is with Dom. Dom was wearing a plaid shirt. So something in that is not as it seems. Either Dom knows that Katerina is alive or Katerina is alive but, and Red knows but Dom doesn't. Or Something is not as it seems. I've heard a theory about Dom that he was he was just a rep. He, he wasn't there. 
that he's, yes, he's already passed that. away and that Red was just trying, he was coming off of his opium and it was just another hallucination. Which I hope not because, I mean, like I could see it, but then I almost feel like Kate May was just kind of like, oh, well, we're about to do this. Let's do this. It seems far too close. So I hope not. That and I love Dom. I really need Dom to meet Agnes. <laughs> well, we also saw a lot of Dom alone, whether Katerina, we never saw her it's alone. True. Katerina was always with 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 uh, Red. We never, you know, other than when they were in defense of the house, but most of it was just Red. But we saw Dom coming home mm-hmm. with a bottle and calling, and he was a happy voice. And that's true. Yeah. After, after Red had left, uh, yeah. after he'd already, that's true. Yeah, so good. Dom's real. Um, and the second thing is the guy who kicked Liz, who hurt Liz in the in the parking lot in in the shop. He was wearing plaids. He was wearing plaids when Red killed him as well. So that is a second instance when I am not sure, but I'm thinking that there was a bit more of that attack that we know of. Just the fact that the guy is wearing plaid doesn't sit well with me. It means that something I'm not there is something in there that I'm not reading yet, and it's it's gonna be there because it's you know out of everyone there's always a deception going on. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, like I can't look at a plaid shirt anymore without thinking you, which is bad because the roomie wears plaid all the time. She loves plaid, and so like she'll come out of her room. <coughs> She'll come out of her room, and I'm like, you're hiding something. And she's like, I'm wearing a plaid shirt, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an ongoing joke in our apartment. <laughs> Every time I, su- I see somebody in, in plaid, I'm like, and I live in a, in a you know, semi-rural area, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're lying. <laughs> I'm like, it's not the blacklist. It's okay. Just calm down. Get real here. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so now we, we're on to Isabella Stone. Boy, was Red scared. Or what What do you, did you read of that emotion when he sits like, I can't get up? I, I, think, I, I've was... only, I think I've only seen the... Uh... Oh, 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 you mean at the end of the episode? Yes, at the end of the episode. <sighs> Doesn't mind if I sit here for a bit. I don't think I can get up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who on earth is this woman that can make Raymond Reddington shake at the knees? Um, honestly, I I was thinking it was going to have some link to Katerina. Um, and maybe she does. Who knows? And maybe someone Katerina knows. Um, but it's... That's something if if he's frightened of this woman. Mm-hmm. Well, we're looking forward to the next episode. Absolutely. All right, so that about wraps us up. Uh, you can listen to us on on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And if you'd like to leave comments, we would very much appreciate it. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. So feel free to leave any sort of comments. If you want to comment on stuff we've said or if you have questions for us, stuff you'd like us to cover in the future, just feel free to drop us a line. And thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.